<laughs> All right, we... I've got a beer. Is that All, right. Do? <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. Um, on the audio stream, the, the uh, Facebook Live is going to come in in a minute, I hope. Actually, can you turn your laptop on? And Did we sort just... out the audio issue yeah. with the Facebook Live? I think so, but I was just going to say, if you jump on Facebook and see if you can see the call on there and make sure if I ask people if the audio is working all right, make sure people are saying it's working all right. But let's assume it is. And um, welcome back, Garzanetti and Sir Hendo. Sir Frendo. Sir Frendo today, yes. I'm wearing my Frendo shirt. We actually did talk about this with Hendo before you got here, Govs, um, about what we're going to do. And we thought we'd start with an update on what you guys have been doing. Yeah, cool. I usually just like to rock up and unannounced and have no idea what's going on and wing it. <laughs> it, was, it was nice of you to rock up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying we, we, we probably uh, touched base on what, what uh, you and I did uh, last week, uh, Govsy, with yep. uh, getting all of the data into the Rockstar Brewer system and getting things started there. So tell cool. me about what, uh, what, what happened, what we did. Awesome. So, yeah, we, we started to look at what, what I was doing um, how we're running the brewery and probably start to, to look at areas where we could improve and, and mainly the first one was record keeping um, which is a huge one for us starting the brewery was when we started the brewery back in June we started it on about 12 hours notice um, and by start I mean going from not, not being yeah painting the floors to, <laughs> yeah. brew, to brewing our first batch not so. long enough for me to actually turn up <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was um quite a rush straight into it and it's been a steady rush since so keeping those records has always been a big challenge for us um so it's good to because we, we set up uh i remember we set up one recipe in the system and then i saw a post on instagram where you had printed out the brew sheet and you were starting to fill that out yes how'd that brew day go good and we we recorded all the data so beautiful um we now have new updated brew sheets that we're tracking a lot more information um than we were previously does it uh i know it's going to uh, create a little bit of extra work on a brew day collecting that data. Does it? Do you find it, it? It it gets in the way of things, or is it? Not at all. It's it's something that should be being done every brew. Yep. So um, it was more so um, a fact that we weren't doing it beforehand. Yep. Um, and so now that you're tracking things with uh, collecting information on brew day. Um, where are we at with things like collecting information on fermentation? Good. So we've been that, that we've now done two brews on the new system. Yep. Um, so we're we're using that to to track our data. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot. We should tell people what we're drinking. We used to do that. We didn't do that last oh, time. Oh yeah. So. Well, I suppose we are on video, so we can probably hold it up and yeah. show mm. people what we're doing. I'm going to zoom in on that little bad boy. There. I'll, I'll zoom in on yours. <laughs> there. Show, show the camera there. <laughs> yeah. When was it bottled? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'd like to say Tuesday. I'd like to say Wednesday because it means it's fresher. Though. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's Lay Day. Our, our newest beer? Yeah. 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 It is very, very good. I could drink a lot of that. Yeah, that's the idea. Not yep. now. Four, nah. got code red as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, will you have to wait? No. 4.4%. It's a good smashable lager. 
Um, I don't know what's in it. It's probably got some. It's, it's got some New World hop action happening in there. <laughs> it was actually a really random brew. Okay. Um, <laughs> we we had no intention of brewing a hoppy lager. We were initially brewing a fruit beer, a mini assault trifle. Yeah, it was kind of a twist on our assault trifle that we were going to collaborate with another local business um, using some new crazy ingredients, but. The project never got off the ground and um, I was, I'd already ordered the grain and it was a mixture of wheat, barley, oats, flaked barley and flaked wheat. Um, not your typical grain bill for a lager. But I sat there looking at it and decided rather than let it go to waste, we'd just make something. I thought, fuck it, let's do a hoppy lager with it and see what happens. And so, <laughs> so it turned out really good. That was batch one, right? <laughs> yeah, that was batch two. This is batch four. This bottle's batch four. Yeah. And on tap's batch what? So it's still got the wheat and oats and... Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's like 50% wheat and oats, isn't it? Uh, Pretty close, yeah. (laughs) Must be Um, a bugger to sparge. Oh, yeah, it's lots of fun. It's like porridge. Just take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we threw lots of, yeah, we've got lots of kiwi hops. We've got ruwaka and citra and, um, yeah. I I, I love the... The new world hopping on, you know, traditional styles like, um, you know, it's something as simple as a pale lager because it's just, it's you know, like lager yeast lager often gets overlooked by, you know, a lot of the more hardcore beer geeks and that sort of thing. But I, I love, I love lager because I love because it's crisp and it's clean, mm. and and you know, fermented properly has it shares a lot of characteristics with, um, you know, American style beers. But then you throw that new world. Um, hopping on it, you know, like North American Kiwi, Australian hops, um, and it's just delicious. Mm. Well, we did a good job selling our beer. Didn't talk much about the awards. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah. So AOBAs, I guess that's the, the theme of the whole series. Yeah, so, that's right. So let's talk about those. We, I don't, we, we went before, I'm pretty sure, did we? To the AOBAs? We went last year, did yes, we, we okay. did. You don't remember? You were there. <laughs> You it might have been the KBS members. So I've got a suit since then. I'm gonna look like fucking Conor McGregor in this bitch. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so quick, quick rundown on what the yeah. ARBAs are and that sort of thing. Okay, radio. So um, the ARBAs that stands for the Australian International Beer Awards. Um, oh gosh, it's been going a long time now. At least at least twenty years, I think. Um, and um, uh, it's run by the Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria. Um, it's an internationally recognised competition um, and it grows every year. So first thing you need to know about the ARBAs is it's not a craft beer competition. It's just a beer competition. But there are so many styles of, of beer out there that um, um, craft beer makes up a, a, fair, a fair proportion of it. Um, it's run in Melbourne. Um, entries are open now and I think they're open until the end of March and then you submit your um, uh, exhibits around the end of April so that's the timeline that that we're going to be working towards there getting up to getting our um, uh, submissions in and there into Melbourne Um, and so about 1700 beers were entered last year and there are about um, uh, it's about 70 or 80 uh, judges, and they're made up of uh, brewers, uh, industry people, all have a really good um, uh, sensory evaluation skills and that sort of thing, okay? So um, 
the thing to know about um, the beer judges is that they are actually backed up by a team of people called stewards, okay? And the stewards and the judges, they work together because um, uh, a judge is going to be evaluating about up to 60-odd beers in a day. We judge over over three days and we evaluate 60-ish beers a day and that might sound like a lot. And it might sounds sound like, like our a, weekly meeting. <laughs> it might sound like I'm going to have a rocking good time there, but uh, you don't really drink too much beer. And, you, and you swallow the beer when you yeah, drink yeah, it, yeah right? you have to, yeah. So, oh, so you're shit. getting fucked up, surely? Uh, n- only uh, no, <laughs> 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 um, no, no. It's um, um, the you, you, you really only oh, look. At most, it's a mouthful, maybe two for mm. each sample that you're you, that you're trying um a lot of a, a lot of sensor evaluations are just uh, smelling smell, beer yeah. and um um you get a pretty good grasp of what a beer is going to be like from smelling it and then you get the, the little nuances from the the flavor mm. um so 1700 beers 80 judges um they're split up into groups of uh five or six into judging panels um, so you think about the number of beers that are served, 1,700 beers times six judges. That's a lot of glasses mm. that need to be filled and poured and beers that need mm. to be uh, dis- you know, dispensed and poured the right way so they're presented to the judges in uh, tip-top condition. And you also got to think about 1,700 beers being delivered to the mm. RESV and catalogued and... Everything like that. This is a major, major undertaking. Can I ask a rookie question? Yeah. The judges don't know uh, the beer when they're tasting. Absolutely not. No. So they know the they know the style. We know this. You know the style, and that's it. So, um, so it, it it is absolutely to- as far as the judges are concerned, it's to- they're totally impartial. They've got no idea what they're. Uh, evaluating as as uh, can I follow up on that? Yeah. As a judge, if you if you know a certain category well, will you recognise beers that you know? Sometimes you think you do, but you don't. Mm. You've got no idea. You know, um, uh, I, I you know yeah. A really good comment from the head steward um, um, Craig a couple of years ago. He says, you know, you might come across a beer and you think you know the beer or you think it's your beer or something like that, mm. and he just goes, no, you don't. Yeah, you don't, um, and because if you think about it, right? Okay, so this is a typical um, day for a judge. So you um, rock up to the uh, uh, the showgrounds at about eight thirty. Uh, they'll usually have a bit of a, a morning uh, prep meeting about what classes, what styles are going to be judged, um, what panel you're going to be on, and what styles that panel is going to be doing for the day. So we know how many, at the start of the day, we know how many beers we're going to judge, and we know what styles we're going to be judging. Uh, we all sit down, we, you know, the judges, we all introduce e- ourselves to each other, more often than not, we know each other, but you're always meeting new people. Mm. Um, and um, we talk about, uh, there's, there's one judge who's uh, designated the, the table captain, so he really sets the 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 um the flow for the day um there's usually another person which is which is given a laptop who's the scribe so they're collecting the scores and that sort of thing so judges aren't they're just yelling out their scores no no they're writing down so every 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 beer that gets evaluated gets a a new sheet and we write very detailed notes so talking to each other no no so how it works is we sit down um and then we'll ask the stewards to bring over the first flight so it's up to the table sometimes it's 
three or four or five beers at a time. They'll go away. It takes about 10 minutes for them to prepare that number, that many beers. And so, um, and that's actually done behind a wall. So there's actually a wall between where the stewards are and where the judges are uh, judging. So, and no judges are allowed out in the stewarding area whatsoever. Okay, because that's where all the beers are being stored, moved around, poured. There's kegs flying everywhere. There's bottles where you could see the label, but we can't see that. Mm. It's very important that we don't see that because um, you've, if if I was to see a label, my impartiality's gone. Yeah, right. And I'm not. It's it's different. It's very different from being a beer geek and seeing a beer, and you look at and you, you drink a beer with your eyes before yeah. you even crack the bottle or ha- watch it being pulled from the tap. You've already made some sort of assessment of the beer, whether it's the brand or the style or whatever. Okay, it's it's, it's relevant to a beer judge. That's why yeah. I enjoy beer judging so much because yeah. all that noise and all the social media hype and all that sort of stuff it's gone, and it just comes down to me. My tongue, my nose, my eyes, and a style guideline, and whether that beer is to style. If there are any, if I can detect any faults, mm. and we go. So anyway, so stewards will bring out the first uh, a flight of beers, and they'll put the the let's say five beers in front of each of the judges. And we won't talk, and we'll go and we'll evaluate all five of those beers. So they're evaluated on. Uh, appearance, which is things like uh, colour, haze, head retention, um, uh, and then there's uh, aroma, and then there's flavour, then there's technical, and then there's another one which I can't think of right now. Um, anyway, it goes up to twenty points, and each um, um, uh, each of the qualities of the beer has a certain number of points, and so you basically score based on those qualities it, and, and it's just basically i don't know what beer it is i'll see that it has a, 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 a sequence number right so um it's just beer number 22 of the day of, mm. of 60 and so that's all i see with regards to what beer it is and i know what style it is because i have a run sheet which says what the sequence is and what style that is that's all i know um and then so you evaluate the beer you write down some notes score the beer Move on to the next one. You'll do all five beers, 1,700 beers over three days. We've, we've got a good seven minutes to, to, to evaluate a beer. So once we've done all of the beers individually and everyone's finished, uh, then the table captain will go around each of the beers, will collect the scores. Uh, and so we have to collect the score on aroma, flavour, mm. um, Appearance, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Give it an individual score out of twenty, and then the lap, the the, the whoever's describing in the laptop, they will actually take an average of all of the judges, mm. and we'll have a table score, and that's the score that determines whether you get a, a medal. So uh, it's out of twenty. So there's gold, silver, bronze. It's not first, second, third. Mm. Um, so gold, silver, bronze. I think it's fourteen to fifteen and a half points is a bronze medal. Fifteen and a half to 16.9, 17 is out of 20 is a silver medal and 17 and above is a gold medal. So you can have more than one gold medal mm. or you can have none. Yeah. Okay. Very simple. Wine competitions operate this way. And the RS, the, the, the AIBAs is very different to other beer competitions like, the, for example, the World Beer Cup where you have gold, silver, bronze. That is first, second, third. But it's mm. not like that at the AIBAs. So I kind of like this, this format. It's pretty good. Um and so we collect our scores, we enter the scores, we, we talk about it, 
Um, there is a, a little ways of negotiation as to um, whether we agree that a beer, you know, we, we, if, if sometimes what often happens is one judge, everybody, everybody's sense of, you know, uh, uh, everybody evaluates beers differently. Someone might go, this beer was of gold medal status. It was, you know, there wasn't any uh, faults. Um, and another judge might just go, no, nah, can't, I detected this. Oh, okay. And so... Often so there's have a conversation about the beer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we have to come to the, the judging table has to come to a consensus yeah. about what the score of the beer is going to be. Yeah. Um, and so we um, uh, we we end up coming to a consensus, and sometimes that's easy, and sometimes there's some pretty heated arguments about um, you know where where the uh, where where a beer should sit. Uh, but not more often than not, it's pretty easy going, and we sort of manage to meet in the middle. Hmm. You pick your battles. Sometimes you. Yes, you, you, you know I've I've had situations where I've tried a beer and you know in a certain style and it's like well that's the style that is the beer and someone's gone nah mm. and you're like and you're talking about the the nuances of the beer and why mm. you think it is and you might go in to bat hard for a beer but sometimes you might go no nah, I can't bat for this beer but yeah. I will compromise here and that sort of thing so anyway there is a consensus. Mm. And there's a table score, and sometimes you might get a medal, and sometimes you won't get a medal. But generally, if you present a beer that's pretty much to style and free of faults, that's a bronze medal. Okay. Okay. Um, and um, so uh, we repeat that sixty odd times in a day, and that's a, that's the day in the life of a judge. And then we go out and drink red wine at night because we probably had enough beer for yeah. the day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how does that whole process compare to something like the BJCP? Because I know a lot of the listen, listeners have probably either entered beers or, or might even be um, BJCP judges themselves. Yeah, so um, with the AIBAs, um, there are beer style guidelines. And so there are two um, well-known beer style guides uh, out there, so the BJCP, which stands for Beer Judge Certification Program, uh, that is um, generally geared towards home brewers, and it's a, actually a really good way to learn to be a beer judge is to do BJCP because you'll do fault and flavour training as part of that. Um, it has its own set of style guidelines, it's actually really intricate and detailed and really well written. Um, so a style a style guide will, a guideline for a particular style of beer will talk about the colour, the flavour. The aroma, ABV, starting gravity, IBUs, all the technical things around what a what a beer in that style should be. Um, notice it's got nothing to do with what the beer is called and what style mm. it's sold as. Mm. And um, you've just got to you've got to you've got to look at a beer um, absent of a of a of a label and then try and see if it, how well it melds up with you know how the brewer's the interpretation of the style. Yeah. yeah. So um, does that involve compromising on? on your product or, or you don't ever go that far you just like pick whichever ones you think are closer to style to submit those uh i think you need to uh, every brewery should actually um sit down and um evaluate their beers prior to entering a competition mm. and it shouldn't be left to the marketing department yeah yeah mm. has it um ever come up that you know a beer has been entered into a category that was just in the wrong category, but a gold medal winning beer. And you were like, is there an opportunity there for the judges to say, if we put this in that category, it's going to win? 
Oh, you mean recategorizing a beer? Yeah. Ah, we used to do that a few years ago, and uh, I think that it's the stewards who determine whether that's actually capable. So judges are only there to to smell and taste beers. Sure. It's not our job to work out what the categorization of the beer should be Mm -hmm. at all. That's the stewards' job. Um, And so the stewards used to, if a judge in panel had a consensus that this beer should be in this class as opposed to that, then it would get moved. But that doesn't happen anymore, which which highlights the importance that prior to entering competition, make sure you got the beer in the right class because yeah, it, yeah. it's not going to get reclassified for you. And, and, then, do. and then do you, if, if you don't feel like a lot of your beers fit into them, you just enter one or two or... you got to... It you costs got a, a lot of money to enter. Beer. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. what is that, eighty, hundred bucks a beer or something like that. And yeah, and then why some. do you have to send so much beer when you're drinking? Like we send a ten litre keg or a carton, and yeah, ninety nine percent of that keg comes back. Yep. Um, uh, so um, with um, packaged beer, I think you have to send eight liters. Uh, sorry, six six or seven liters. So in a 24 by 330 mil case of beers, that's 7.92 liters. So you just send, I think, a 16 330 mil stubbies. Um, and with draft beer, I mean, draft beer, you need it's hard to get a keg. Well, draft beer needs to be in liters. a vessel greater than 10 liters yeah. in order for it to be draft beer. Yeah. That's the rules of the competition. 10 um, liters or greater, is it? 10 liters yeah. or greater. That's right. So you can't send they one of those. Really make, well, I guess they make growlers. They don't really make five liter kegs. Well, that's not draft. Yeah. yeah. No. Nah. They don't accept corny kegs anymore either. Um, so it's got to have the industry standard A-type or D-type or S-type, whatever, commercial coupler fitting. Mm. Again, you think about it, they're lugging out the back in yeah. the stewarding era, and I've stewarded a couple of years, they're lugging three or 400 kegs over three days, and they have about half a dozen tap draft systems, one for each of the um, judging tables is associated with a stewarding panel who looks after each of the tables and so they're, they're changing kegs and flushing lines and running more beer through and all that sort of stuff mm. so um, they usually pull through quite a quite a lot of beer bef- it, uh, before it's the, the part of that keg is put into a jug which is then poured into glasses mm. for setting out to the um, judging panel yeah. um, and then a hell of a lot of water is used to flush uh, and they have those, um, you know, those forklift pallet, uh, thousand litre pallicons, the, the pallet cubes, which you can put yeah, liquid into. IBCs or whatever they're called. Like our grain bins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you think about all the beer that goes out and all, uh, you know, even in bottled beer, it uh, goes out. Not, it's not all, not all com- you know, consumed. It's only like a taste is really consumed. And then it comes back and it goes into these and they must go through heaps of those. Yeah. Probably a, a dozen. It's mm. just, it's it's amazing. So you can take your kegs at the back of the AIBAs <laughs> and fill them up. <laughs> it's the world's biggest slop bucket, I tell you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a it's it's a big day. So the, the 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 key thing is really entering your beer into the right class. Dan is mm. is um, not looking at what's on the label, and 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 the the marketing departments will usually look at what's on the label. And go. Oh, it says we market as a pale lager. Let's put it in the pale lager class. Well, there isn't actually a pale lager class, but um, you know, what is it? Is it a uh, Australian lager? Is it an international style lager? Is it a pilsner? Mm. Probably you know? pale ale and IPA would be most commonly misused. 
Yeah, a lot of the like absolutely, they're the just new brand, they're, 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 they're styles that people are just so accustomed to that you you almost have to call your beer a pale ale or an IPA to get people to notice it. Yeah, uh, American pale ale is the uh, biggest uh, class that's entered into. It's usually around three or four hundred entries are put into just American pale ale, yeah. um, and that we just usually of of the um, three days of judging, there is usually a day that is dedicated to a day of the judging is dedicated to pale ale although they do stagger it so they'll do some over the first day some over the second day some over the third day because then you know they're, they're doing that so that the beers the, the, the four, <laughs> exactly the 400th um apa is judged as good as the first yeah so they, they really do organize it really really well so All right so so let's talk about if we if we had entered this year what at what point do we start thinking about what beers we enter and and well entries open this week entries yeah. open this week yeah so. so and you've got until the end of march to enter that doesn't mean submitting your um your exhibit it just means entering so oh, okay. so what that means is um you guys are going to enter so you need to think about a number of things you need to think about what beers you've got in your repertoire which ones you think would fare well um which style each of your beers would fit into, and that means going and printing out or getting the BA style guideline from the Brewers Association website, mm. looking at your beers, looking at the classes, and matching up the best ones stylistically, um, and then um, and then planning your production schedule. Yeah, well, I mean, around, it's, it's all going to um, work around. Getting, what you know, you got to put your best foot forward if you're going to be doing. Uh, a pale ale or an IPA or something like that. You want it to be fresh as fuck. You want it to be, mate, out of the tank, straight on the truck, straight to Melbourne. Mm. That's that's what's got to happen. Yeah, we up for that, Govzy? Yeah, I'm always <laughs> up for that. It's just, um, well, I've just probably talked to Chris, our sales manager, <laughs> if, he, if he's ready for a bunch of uh, pale ales and IPAs. So, yeah, the most, does anything stand out in, in our range that would be a good fit for one of these categories? I'd like or? to say all of them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this, um, okay, so uh, haven't really sat down and had a, a, a good, we haven't, we haven't gotten the, the, the style guide book out yet and really sat down and had that conversation just yet so i think we, we probably would discuss that in a future episode yeah. we'll go away we'll have the conversation we'll come back and we'll go right this is what we're going to enter probably um, a difficult thing for us is we've we never created recipes with a style guideline in mind no. we mm. we brewed beer that we wanted to make and now it's a case of seeing if it fits into any of those molds like code red for example it's delicious beverage yeah <laughs> Oh, available in good bars and at our tap room right now. Thank you. Well, that's is there a style? For co- is there a code red style? Yeah, there's um, a hoppy red ale, so that would be like an American amber. Here's a funny thing, right? So American amber is a really interesting one because um, um, this is how the BJCP style guideline, the BA style guidelines differ. The actual the 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 BA um, interpretation of an American amber is different in terms of dry hop and resinous characteristics than the BJCP one, which doesn't really call for that. calls for lots of bitterness and mm. flavour, but not the juiciness of it. So mm. some of the other styles like that. So you've got to make sure you're reading the BA not the style, BJCP. not the BJCP. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is judged under BA. So, mm. um, so yeah, so entering your beer in the right class is super important. So case in point, a, 
a, a beer that was uh, very um, hotly contested over the years was Hop Hog, Feral Hop Hog. Um, and um, I think it was about 2009 or 2010. Um, you know, Hop Hog was winning best champion pale ale trophy. So, you, you know, if you win a gold medal, then the best, all the gold medal beers get evaluated against each other for a trophy. Mm. And, um, and so Hop Hog won uh, champion pale ale and it was the old green label that they used to have, mm. right, which said Hop Hog India Pale Ale. Um, yeah, I remember they changed it. And it was actually entered as an American Pale Ale. Right. And lots of people cracked the shits at the AIBA, at the RSV to say, that's not American Pale Ale. It says India Pale Ale on the label. Right. And they're like, huh? It's, it's, it got entered into the class that it was entered into. Hence now, with the new labelling of uh, Hop Hog, you see on the side in little letters it says India Pale Ale and Sometimes the word India is crossed out, out, and sometimes it's not. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's cheeky. It's good. I think (laughs) it's hilarious. So anyway, um, you know, Brennan Varis has made a a, a hop hogs an amazing beer Mm. and very, very well made, um, and it was an American pale ale, hands down. And you can't complain about that because stylistically, the words of the style was what hop hog is. Yeah, and um, and that was that particular. It was. Brennan Barris's interpretation of what the American pale ale style was. Um, so these days, and they kind of responded to that, really. So there's a new class now so uh, called Strong American Pale Ale because the ABV of American Pale Ale ends at 5.6%. Oh. And IPA, because it doesn't start until 63 6.4%. Oh, right. So there's this gap Everyone's in the middle. In yeah. The middle. So you can kind of understand why they called it an IPA because they didn't want people to be um, misinformed that it was going to be a, a light pale ale. It's quite no, it's a strong right. pale ale. So the, the, what the marketing department? Most IPAs yeah. are in between that, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Label-wise, yeah. yes, yeah. label-wise, yeah. that's it. Um, and so you know now um, there's the strong American pale ale class, which is where thanks, Captain Obvious. Um, was entered into because yeah, it's right? it, it's it suited that class perfectly, mm. but Hop Hog is still entered as an American Pale Ale. Isn't Hop Hog five point eight? No, it's five six now. Oh, five, oh so they, they dropped it. Ah, hmm. oh, okay. So it, sit, it sits in there. So they, they, they it just stays in there. So it's, it's five point six. Oh, they're like, I'm going to keep winning this award. <laughs> <laughs> it's good so, beer. So what uh, what do you think would be a good result for us? Like what like. If we go down and we submit a bunch of beers and we go down to these... Because this will actually be the second time we've entered the AIBA. Yeah. So last year we entered as gypsies. Mm. Mm. Two old beers. We, we entered two beers and we won two medals. We're two bronze, right? Correct. Yeah. That's good. Bronze yeah. is good. Absolutely. So bronze <laughs> is better than that, though. Yeah, so obviously between. better than that yeah. would be our ambition. Okay, so that were, those brews weren't done here, right? No, we brewed them at Four, Four Hearts in Ipswich. Yeah. So this will be the first time we're entering the beer we've made here. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so a good result for you guys would be planning what, what beers you're going to enter and also having a think about um, whether you choose not to enter some beers. Now, so in order to win the champion brewer, so they have trophies as well as the medals, right? So to walk away with bron- you know, medals, bronze medals, silver medals, gold medals, great. That means your beers are good, your process is good, Stylistically good, everything's ticking the boxes, but then they have the champion brewer 
um, trophies, which is basically they have champion, small, medium, and large Australian brewer, champion, small, medium, and large international brewer. Then they have the champion gypsy brewer trophy. Um, and they're, they're the big prizes, right? Now, in order to win those trophies, um, how it works is you've got to enter... I need to check this year's rule book because I haven't checked it yet and it might have changed. Uh, you have to enter... Uh, at least three or four, no, four beers, I think it was last year. You have to enter four beers, and the champion trophy is determined by the uh, average of your top two scoring beers. One of them must be a gold medal beer. Mm. Okay? So, again, sometimes, some years, a couple of years ago, like the, the champion, trophy, uh, uh, champion trophies weren't awarded uh, case in point, the Gypsy Brewer uh, trophy that I won last year, that was the first time it was won because oh. it was offered the year before, but, no one got but nobody, nobody got a gold medal. Oh, yeah. right? so, yeah. so the trophy wasn't awarded. This is, this is what the great thing about this competition is. And so, um, so I'd entered four, four beers, I think it was, um, and it was thanks Captain Obvious in bottle, got... Uh, uh, you know, uh, 18 and then some point something something and then thanks captain obviously in keg because you can enter both mm. um uh had a different uh, had a had a slightly lower score but was still uh it was either just a gold or a very high silver keg score was lower. keg was lower yep um and um uh, and the average of those two beers even though it entered other beers they were ignored was higher than um the other contender for um the champion gypsy brew which was swell brewing um okay. out of out of south australia so uh and they both got a gold they got one gold as well yeah yeah i think yeah yeah, yeah. so that's the thing it's like a, that just comes down to that so the scores that you get matters as much as the medals that you get and it's effectively well. come down to one beer no, no, it could. So, for example, in, I, I in your case, in in my in my case, absolutely, one mm. beer in two different pack formats. Yeah, um, it could have been two different beers. Mm. Yep, yeah. could have been two different beers, and that wouldn't have mattered. Whatever, whatever was the highest two scoring. Where did beers. you brew those? They both come out of Southeast Brewing Company. Yep, which is the Kaiju and Exit Brewery in Dandenong, in beautiful Dandy, Dandenong beautiful South. Dandenong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was the same batch. Of beer, and that was actually so. How I went about um, getting that batch of thanks, Captain Obvious, out was um, uh, the boys at, at um, Danny South Massive do a wonderful job down there, and the brewery was pretty new, and, and um, Grum and Nat were meticulous about you know process and quality management, and um, uh, we um, we put the beer. We pulled the beer out on the day that it went to. I, did, I basically chucked kegs and cases in the back of my car, hmm. straight to the delivered it to the showgrounds yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. So we really need to think about that if we're going to enter in one of those categories. It needs to be. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know you've got some you've got some hoppy beers which should go in as fresh as possible. You, you've got to balance it with your demand. You can't just drop everything. Yeah. And, do what you got to, you know. You're still in the business of making and selling beer, yeah. um, uh, but um, you know, you've just, sometimes you just got to skew things a little bit. Maybe you might bring the batch of beer out before you actually need it, but it's got to, it's hitting, a, it's got to hit a deadline. You got to make sure you get it in the tank at the right time. 
Mm. We cut it fine with thanks, Captain Obvious. But yeah, mm. we, you know, the, the the boys had done such a good job on that particular batch of uh, thanks, Captain Obvious, uh, that um, the, the bottles were entered again three months later, um, which you would think is well past the best wow, before date yeah. of, a, of an IPA, and it still won a gold medal at the CBI Awards three months later. Oh, that's cool. So kudos to the guys at Dandy South Massive. They mm. do a really good job. I'm fucking out of beer. Jesus Christ, right. on that note, we're going to start cronking whatever's here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, sweet. So, I think that's probably enough. Yeah. So, next call, we'll work out the work out what sort of beers we're going to answer. Yeah, we'll go um, offline. We'll have that conversation in detail that you definitely don't want to listen to because it will take hours. Um, and we'll come back. We'll talk about what we're going to enter. And hopefully, I'm working on having a special guests on the show yeah can we do skypes and phone calls yeah it's probably it's probably easier to just to do one-on-one yep so one person interviews the guests and then just play on us doing it all yeah um and um we will rock and roll from there so yeah sounds good all right thank you guys listening live and on the podcast and thanks hendo thanks guys see you next time thanks leon and sorry jamie that we haven't been down to fill your grill i got that message as well (laughs) (laughs) who's down there jamie Jamie. (laughs) she's got to pay a bill too (laughs) (laughs) oh no different jamie different jamie jamie Jamie. Jamie. he's the guy who came to the brew day wasn't he yeah yeah Yeah.